Hello friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium. I had a listener reach out to me a couple weeks ago regarding a very intense situation that occurred shortly after opening up to energy, and the benefit of discussing my personal messy journey of opening up to energy was brought up because there's a lot that's not spoken about the process. You know, we usually hear the aftermath where things are all peachy rather than what happens when you're fumbling around, making mistakes, and things get dark. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about that. Here we go. I've talked about some of the not-so-great energetic encounters I've experienced over the years. I've skimmed the process of opening up to energy a little bit, expressing that it was very scary, that it made my PTSD a bit worse at first, etc. But there's so much more to that and so much more I was learning to balance. So my hope is that this episode helps you feel not so alone on this journey, wherever you are on it, as well as kind of bring to light some things that may be helpful to adjust in your own practice. So... The first major hurdle I had to overcome through this process of opening up to energy was my fear. Fear was a constant for me growing up. I was scared of ghosts, aliens, people. I very rarely felt safe. I always felt like I was going to die or something bad was going to happen. That was just a mixture of a hypersensitivity to energy that I didn't understand yet, as well as a trauma response. When we first started going to the spiritual center, we would most commonly go to the group channeling sessions of the Palladians, which was when trance channeling was introduced to me. This started opening my dad up to trance channeling, and he started practicing it. I was on the fence about it for a while because I was scared of being possessed. (laughs) I've talked about this before, but just as a little note, it's harder to keep a spirit in than it is to push it out. So you won't get possessed. (laughs) You just have to make sure that you're bringing in the right type of energy, keeping your boundaries up, etc. There's a lot that goes into that and definitely something I recommend doing with a professional rather than kind of venturing in by yourself just to ensure that you're connecting in a way that is safe and that you have the tools you need to stay in control just because it is a very vulnerable type of practice. Anyway, I opted to open myself up to ghosts more instead and make an effort to actually scan a room and interact with the energies in it rather than just pushing it away or trying to avoid it. This quickly turned into that period of constant interaction with spirits that needed help passing over. I've shared many of those stories before. My empathy, my clear empathy was just on like full overdrive mode and I was just way intensely just experiencing everything. I didn't know how to put up boundaries, so I would just kind of jump all in and surrender to whatever energy was around me, which was not a good thing. I also started talking to my guides a lot more and trying to trust my intuition. This, unfortunately, kind of resulted in me operating a bit too much in the energetic I heard a lot of stories and a lot of guidance given to people about trusting their intuition wholeheartedly, and I would hear about the gifts that would come out of that, like absolute blessings. So I decided, or I promised myself, that I would completely surrender to whatever it was I would hear or sense. Anytime I got guidance, I would surrender to it and just completely trust spirit. At first, this was great. I was really beginning to trust my guides and my abilities. 
But after a while, it started to get a little weird and resulted in, like, weird superstitions and stuff. I don't know. This is something I actually started doing when I was young, even before opening myself up to energy. But it had calmed by this point and then kind of opening up my energetic senses and stuff uh, kind of made it increase again. I feel like, honestly, this was probably a case of OCD that was never addressed or diagnosed. Um, but basically what would happen, go, going back in time, so when I was a kid, I would turn the lights off, but then I would get scared thinking there was some sort of like evil entity nearby. So I would turn the light on again, calm myself down, and then turn it off to reset the energy. I felt like I couldn't turn the lights off until the energy reset, whether it just be the fear in my body going away or the energy in the room shifting. Like I needed to feel that things were okay before I could trust the next step of my process. Sometimes this would take multiple tries, so I would turn like the lights on and off until I felt okay <laughs> to proceed. One of my aunts was obsessed with even numbers. She would only eat like an even number of things, grab an even number of things, do something an even amount of times, etc. I looked up to her a lot, so would mimic her behavior a lot and kind of adopted that when I was little too. So I would turn off the lights an even number of times in fear that something bad would happen if I didn't. I feel like that all is under the umbrella of OCD. But because my growing up environment was very unhealthy, um, there was just a very thick, like, heavy fear thing going on and I felt like I just needed to control it in some way which I guess subconsciously psychologically whatever that's how I did it as a kid I was scared of bathrooms due to Bloody Mary the story being spread around at school I shared my story about that so anytime I would leave the bathroom I would run out as soon as I flushed the toilet and thought that I needed to touch one of my parents to like neutralize the energy. It was like they were safe. So I would run out and tap them real fast and kind of cover it up by being like, "Oh, sorry, I tripped." Or, "Oh, your jacket is so soft." <laughs> loud noises can be triggering for those with PTSD and the loud sound of the toilet flushing, especially in public bathrooms, would shock my nervous system really bad. Long story short, I had many weird behaviors revolving around fear as a kid. <laughs> I outgrew a majority of them by the time I was a teenager coming to the spiritual center, but by opening up myself to energy and kind of surrendering to the unknown a bit, they started to come back in different ways. Things started great where I would receive messages or feelings like, get this, not that, or do this now, or take this with you to help elevate your energy, etc. But as I began to fully kind of surrender to whatever I was receiving, the messages and feelings began getting a little strange. Things like, if you grab this pencil, a bad presence will come over you. And then it would escalate to things expressing something like, walk out of the room in 30 seconds or something bad will happen. Like, I don't know, there'll be like an energetic bullet that shoots through the window into your heart. <laughs> something crazy. I don't know. It was just stuff that didn't really make sense and had some negative emphasis on them, such as something going wrong unless this was done or this thing is bad and needs to be avoided. 
The more I surrendered to the messages, the weirder and heavier they got. There were two things going on there. First of all, in some situations, I was confusing my intuition with my hypervigilance. For example, a symptom of my PTSD was just feeling always on edge. You know, I felt growing up, I felt like I was going to die a lot. I don't know. That was like a constant thing tied to my trauma. So when I was opening up, rather than brushing that feeling away, I would take the rush of adrenaline as something needing to be wrong. This had a hand in worsening my mental state during this time because I was undoing my training of, no, I'm safe. I'm just going to ignore that feeling to, oh, this is a message. Oh, no, I'm not safe. You know, I kind of, I opened myself too much and was just trusting my sensations more than finding a balance between kind of pushing away that negative stuff I don't need and, yeah. I've said this before. The key to differentiating between ego or mind and intuition is intuitive messages will feel very matter-of-fact. They do not cause an emotional response. So if you feel something that comes with an immediate feeling of dread or anxiety, it's not a message from your guides. It's probably your ego or some other kind of programming going on. It is not a message from spirit. Even if the message has more of like a heavy feel or if it's like a warning of sorts, it will still feel very grounded, very focused, and very direct, not emotional. I didn't know that at the time. In kind of surrendering to whatever message I was receiving or feeling or sensation coming over me, whatever, whether it was from my intuition or my fight or flight response kicking in gear, I would accept that energy in You know, it was like I was acknowledging that, oh, yes, something bad does need to happen. Let me fix it or let me do something so that it doesn't happen rather than stating, I'm in a great mood. This is a great day. Anything other than that can kiss my butt. (laughs) I'm the one with the power here. Not it. Thank you very much. So I would let my guard down and let it get to my head. I would start questioning my environment and the energy around me, which would then make me vulnerable to something negative actually manifesting. This leads into the second thing going on, which was I was keeping my door open to whatever energy wanted to come in. In those cases, pretty soon following a heavy message, I would end up tripping or bumping some part of my body into something like running into a doorway with my elbow, stubbing my toe, bumping my head on a cabinet, etc. There was an obvious imbalance in my environment and I was surrendering it, surrendering to it so much that my body literally began, like, becoming it. It would cause me to become very ungrounded and uncentered, which would escalate to the point where I felt like things were stuck to my energy field, just kind of sucking my energy out like energy leeches. It was very uncomfortable. I would feel a constant presence stuck to me. There was specifically an energetic weak spot in the middle of my back between my shoulder blades, the, like, back part of where your heart chakra is, where things would come into it a lot. So I would get weird sensations there and just felt like something was constantly behind me. I would call my mentor in a panic and she would say there was definitely a latch on and would do a remote healing to clear it. She was also an energy healer, not Reiki, but other forms, which was nice. Very good help. (laughs) I feel like I would go to her 
all the time complaining about something latching onto me. It was a serious issue when I was first opening up to energy. It was really bad. She always said my light was very bright and attracted a bunch of different types of energies to it, which is why I would get so many lost spirits coming to me, but it also resulted in many of them essentially jumping in and holding tight. I didn't really understand how to put boundaries up energetically or physically, so I wasn't doing anything to prevent that from happening at all. I recall her probably encouraging me to put up protective bubbles, and I would sometimes, but for the most part, I was just like, eh, whatever, you know, and then, yeah, there was, I literally had no boundaries up. <laughs> I was open. I would sage my place, use crystals, declare that like only light and love beings were allowed in my space when things fell off, but then I would immediately open myself up again, which would cause things to just jump right back in. So it was a terrible cycle. I was like going through the motions, but not actually setting and sitting within my intention of actually being clear. You know what I'm saying? I learned the hard way how imperative boundaries are. (laughs) So I began more consistently and like forcefully using protective bubbles. I would imagine a door closing energetically every night or anytime necessary so that beings weren't popping in. Um, I would ask my guides to help more, etc. And this is when things kind of started to calm down. Like I really had to set a practice in place. When I was talking to beings before it would turn weird. So when I was just kind of asking questions or receiving messages, I wouldn't specify who I was talking to. I would just kind of talk or open up to the energy around me. No specification, just like, hey, energy's in this space. (laughs) What should I do? Um, And then they would give me an answer and I would surrender to that. We have free will, so while our guides are there to protect us, if we make a specific choice, they can try to encourage us to go a different direction if necessary, but they can't just step in and stop us altogether unless it's, like, contractually an emergency and, like, there's literally a contract that states, like, something needs to happen. If we let in weird pockets of energy and keep overriding their warnings and protective barriers, that energy goes in. When that happens, it's usually a lesson our soul needs to learn, so they'll be there watching and trying to push us to an easier path to deal with, but they can't take that lesson away from us. Anyway, I was connecting to God knows what around me rather than my guides. Since I was surrendering so much to it and, like, living at its command rather than my own, I really, it really pushed it and would tell me weird things. Heavy energies are in a heavy state of being. We allow them to take command of our life and things get heavy and things get a little strange. Even if you are interacting with high vibrational beings, life should be a collaboration between you and spirit. We are not here as this like empty vessel for energy to come forth. We are here as source to experience itself and the way of manifesting and stuff like that. You know, there needs to be a give and take, a collaboration. You can't just surrender too much into the energetic. Balance is key. Going back with the whole cleansing practice I would do where I would like sage and do crystals and stuff like that, I would declare, like I was saying, that like only light beings were allowed in my space, but I would subconsciously stay open in fear of shedding away something that needed help. So I was doing some serious self-sabotage and not really cleansing much of anything. As an empath, 
with a history of trauma. I had very little self-worth, so I would gladly sacrifice myself and my body for those around me in need of help. This was something that was very much an issue at this time. So even with the energy beings, if there was something around me that needed help, my guard would immediately go down and I would just open up to it right away automatically. Even as I got better and was more specific to who I connected to, things would still jump in around me until I like really reprogrammed myself not to automatically take a bullet for everybody. (laughs) I got to save myself. I can't help anybody if I just keep killing myself, you know? So diving into energy really allowed me to kind of begin healing, trusting myself, growing my confidence and self-worth. But I've always had a hard time asking for help, and as my confidence kind of started to grow, this would uh, create some issues. I would kind of just wing things, wouldn't ask for help unless it was an emergency, which would sometimes make things a bit more difficult or a little weird for myself. I would take up random practices like trying to cleanse things energetically by like pushing energy with my hand or using crystals to, I don't even know what I would do. I would like try to pull energies out of my body with crystals, but I didn't, I didn't know how to use them. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just kind of mimicking and going with whatever was intuitively coming to me, but I didn't understand the logistics. So subconsciously I was like, is this going to work? What am I doing? Oh no, what if I screw up and let something bad in? You know, all of those little thoughts are what I'm going to be manifesting. (laughs) My surface intentions were strong, but I wasn't fully yet well-versed in reading the subtleties of energy, nor was I really standing behind my intention. You manifest what you put forth, and doing something while thinking otherwise sends out a very muddy signal, which is just going to result in a very muddy occurrence. My mentor and I had some rocky times and fell out of touch, which was definitely needed, but it meant that I no longer had someone to go to to help remove latch-ons, which was difficult for me. I would cleanse myself a lot. Again, I would wing things, but I wasn't that confident and wasn't necessarily doing things correctly, so it only did so much. After some time of this, it just became too much, so I began going to a shaman that we met through the spiritual center um, so that he could kind of heal me and help remove whatever weird energy was there. He was a godsend. He is, his story is incredible. I just, he's great. He would remove any weird energy and I would feel fantastic. At this time, I would see him about like three times a year, I think. Then I finally gained the tools I needed to help protect me and then could handle it on my own. At this point now, I have Reiki, which helps even more, so it's like a piece of cake. (laughs) Reiki is my favorite. During my awakening process, I became even more hypersensitive to those around me, especially those that I was very close to. I would go down really heavy, chaotic, or weird, like rabbit holes out of nowhere and then would realize that it wasn't my energy. I was so open, I was literally directly taking on the mental space of those with very close energetic ties to me. So I would call everybody I was close to that I would feel in that way just to check up on them and find out who was in the weird place. Once I found them, 
we would talk it through and it would go away. For a while, I thought that was really cool. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, we're so connected. We experienced the same thing. It's so cool. <laughs> but after a while, I was like, I don't think this is healthy because <laughs> I could be having a great day. And then all of a sudden, like everything around me changes because I started like experiencing other people's realities way too directly. So ultimately, I had to cut those deep ties because they were just too intense for my body. Um, basically what I did, this was a very difficult decision for me, but I went into a meditative state. I imagined a cord of energy that tied their heart and my heart. It was like our energetic connection. And I energetically severed it. It was very sad and very hard for me to do, but it was just too unhealthy for me. I was taking on their energy way too much and I just, I, I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. It was causing too many issues. From that moment, anytime I thought of those people, I would feel a bit of emptiness rather than feeling a flush of their energy in my field, which confirmed that it was successful. From then on, I never received that again unless there was a serious issue and their like higher self or guides were coming to me because help was really needed, like if it was an emergency. But even then, it was much more of an energy download where I could sense something wasn't right rather than me fully being immersed and experiencing their state of mind. Much healthier and much more helpful because I wasn't getting pulled down into the hole with whoever it was that needed help. I was in a clear headspace and could then actually help. During my awakening process, I also had a hard time releasing things at first. I feel like at this age, I would ruminate a lot. So I would connect to an energy, whether that be of a being, a past life, a person, or whatever. And even if it released or I like disconnected from it, I would still think about it or worry about whether I had actually released it, what you think you bring in. So I was releasing it, but then questioning whether I released it and was thinking about it and worrying about it being in my field. So it would just be sucked right back in. <laughs> I learned to rely on my guides and would give them permission to kind of take over or would just put a shield around me and distract myself to prevent any rumination and constant connection. With my guides, I would usually just say, like, hey, this is on my mind. Please don't bring this back. I'm working on clearing it, but just heads up, please neutralize this for me. I need help. That just brought something up. There's no need to be scared of this stuff. When you're scared, you give your power to the energy. I would sometimes, like, the energies that I would uh, release, whether it was, like, a latch on or just like a negative piece of somebody else, I assigned it as that, like a negative cootie bug, <laughs> where if it was around or I was thinking about it, I like would immediately be like, oh no, cooties, it's going to infect me, you know, and would get kind of scared and superstitious and all weird about it. That doesn't do any good. <laughs> when there's fear, there's no peace. You aren't in control. You aren't in alignment with your inner being. When you approach something standing in your power, standing firm in your body and energy and approach it like, hey, we're both aspects of source. What do you need? Or please leave me alone. Or we don't need to have a connection anymore or whatever. <laughs> and honestly, just confront it. You stay within your power and negotiate the terms of your energy connection or lack thereof. Fear is a normal response, obviously, 
but it is reminiscent of a misalignment with your inner being. It represents you pinching yourself off from your true power because it's saying that you are separate from everything around you. You are not in control, which is not true. Standing firm and staying in control aligns you with your superpowers. This doesn't happen overnight, but just something to think about. A couple years into my spirituality venture, I want to say like maybe a year or two, I started to dabble in jumping into various timelines. This is a practice that just kind of came to me all of a sudden, so I dove into it. Same kind of response, I would ruminate a lot, leaving a piece of my energy there or taking a piece of it with me, which would make it kind of linger and would make me uncentered. I was also leaving myself open, keeping my boundaries down, and I feel like this would prevent me from fully downloading back to the timeline I was originally coming from, like this one, you know. I would get confused, disoriented, very ungrounded. This would keep me in a vulnerable state, which would then allow various beings to come in. Um, it was very sloppy, a very sloppy process where I was just kind of half-assing everything, you know, not necessarily aware of it, but I, I just needed more guidance and support. I learned to constantly keep a bubble around me to keep only my energies in. It would really focus on living in the present to prevent my energy from spilling out all over the place. So I really learned to like contain everything and just stay concentrated to where I was. What else would happen? Let's see. Oh, one last thing. I would feel things very intensely, but I wasn't fully well-versed in energy to understand the terms of how they operated or how they would come about. For example, when I was staying with my aunt after moving out, this is the one I've talked about before that is very connected to fairies. We were in the front of her house one day when we started hunting for signs of fairies. I don't know what exactly brought this about. I don't remember the chain of events, but I saw these leaves on the grass that had these really interesting, like, etchings on them, and then there were these, like, sticks and shapes that looked particularly, like, purposeful and magical. I was trying to decipher what they said and came to the conclusion that there was a doorway to the fairy realm against the ivy that was at, like, the back fence, but I needed to find the entrance in order to, like, I needed to find a door. I was literally physically searching for a door as was my aunt, as was my cousins, I feel like. We could both feel it, and we knew it was there, but I was confused about the boundary between physical and energetic, so I was looking in the absolute wrong way. That kind of thing happened a lot. I feel like I just always wanted a very physical interaction with fairies, and they would happen sometimes, but I figured that everything, all the interactions could happen like that. So I would try to initiate like a very physical adventure, but their realm works differently. They're still energy beings. You're not physically going to walk into this magical castle. You know, a lot of it is more like astral projection type stuff. So that kind of created a lot of confusion for a while um, and a lot of disappointment. I feel like I had to learn that energetic interactions and experiences were just as valuable and like strong you know as physical ones that takes a lot of getting used to even things like connecting to ghosts i thought i was tapping in 
incorrectly because they weren't physically in front of me, but other sensitive people were seeing the same thing, which confirmed my read on it. It just took me some time to understand that balance, but practice and guidance makes perfect. The value of having a spiritual advisor of sorts or a mentor or whatever that you trust is so beneficial. I can't stress that enough. If you connect to someone, whether it's me, someone you're already in contact with, or someone you just follow that you just like their vibe, you know, it is always worth reaching out to see if they're willing to dive deeper with you, even if it's just as a resource for confirmation. Seriously, it helps so much, so much. (laughs) So that's essentially the gist of my struggles when first opening up to energy. A lot of confusion, a lot of messiness, a lot of latch-ons, a lot of emotional and energetic overwhelm, and a lot of fear. But my God, is the other side of that mountain incredible. (laughs) Opening up to energy has been the most rewarding experience for me, but you just got to get through that heavy baggage in order for your energy to be able to rise to higher and higher frequencies. But once you're there, ah, so nice. Next episode, I'm going to talk a bit more about getting over fear as well as a hodgepodge of other stuff. I've been sitting on that episode since like September before the little hiatus of October, so I'm excited to finally finish it and push it out. Ah, I'm so excited, but that'll be a good follow-up for this conversation. So yeah, that's all I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this episode helped you. I am sending you so much love. Um, that's all. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.